Hello there, and welcome to the final episode of my podcast, Podcast Racing, or at least final for a while. Uh, after this, I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break, uh, resuming production on the podcast in early February. But for the uh, final episode of Podcast Racing for a while, I'm going to be talking about a show that <coughs> is really obscure, The Mandalorian. Yeah. Clearly, no one is talking about this show right now. No one cares about this show. And, uh, but I'm going, but no, but seriously, I love this show. And today, I'm, today I'm going to be talking about uh, season two of The Mandalorian. Spoilers ahead. If you have not finished Mandalorian season two or started, please turn away right now. Full spoilers ahead. I'm going to be talking about Mandalorian Season 2 with my good friend, Liam. How are you doing, Liam? Good, man. How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, very excited to talk about certain events that happened in this season. But uh, first, I want to ask you just really quickly what you think about uh, the first season. First season was fun. It was, <clears throat> you could tell it was like, kind of based off like an old Western movie where you just have one guy kind of going around to a bunch of d different miscellaneous quests. So I think there was a lot of like a lot of character development and those characters carry over to season two. So there wasn't a whole bunch that we learned about of like the main plot with Moth Gideon and Grogu and all that until really the last few episodes. So it was, it was more so just like a fun season. I think a lot of Star Wars fans were kind of just seeing where it was going. And I think season two kind of fleshed out a lot of plot holes for the newest, the newest three movies, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. I, I really liked, enjoyed the first season as well. I, I thought it was really smart of them. Since this is a new show, uh, and since this is the first Star Wars show, well, besides Clone Wars, this is the first live-action Star Wars show, I thought it was really clever of them to not fully immerse us into... The, they, they did a really good job of immersing us into this world, into this uh, part of the galaxy that we haven't really explored that much yet in Star Wars. But they didn't fully introduce us into the plot until later in the season. I thought that that was really clever, just to sort of get us mm -hmm. used to these new characters and, this, and these new planets and all that. And basically, the first few episodes are basically just like slice of life episodes with Din Jurgen and uh, Baby Yoda. Well, now we know his name, Grogu, before uh, introducing us into the full plot later in the season with uh, Moff Gideon. But uh, yeah, I really liked the first season a lot, but I think that the second season is a lot better. And I think it's better not just because of, uh, not just because we got more uh, plots and not just, and not just because like things like so many more, much more satisfying things. I mean, there were a lot of satisfying moments in season one, but season two, like, yeah. there, were, there were several times where I actually, like, cheered out loud despite watching this, mm -hmm. like, on my laptop or my phone in my house. 
I think, yeah, I think season one had a lot more mystery to it of where, like, the audience didn't know where the show was going. And so I think season one was a lot of, was full of a lot of character development set up for season two, which I think was why season two was poised to be better, especially since they really moved forward with uh, the main storyline a lot more, a lot more season two. And also there was a ton more fan service in season two with Ahsoka, Luke, Boba Fett, just everybody coming back. Like it, so it was a lot more of like a, I think a return to like your childhood almost in season two. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely felt like a kid again watching uh, watching the latest uh, season and especially the finale of Mandalorian season mm-hmm. two. Like when Luke showed when the Luke showed up again when the X with the X wing and the green lightsaber, I got like really giddy and like really excited and. To to a to a point where um, my uh, my mom gave me a look. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw the. I loved the. What is one X wing gonna like? How much good is that gonna do for us? And everyone else just like knows what's about to happen. There was there was a second where I thought m- maybe Ahsoka came back, but no. Then it was it's an X wing, and Luke just. It, it was really cool to see Luke in his prime, because we saw him fight Darth Vader, kind of like. He eventually just, like, laid down his lightsaber during that fight. But it was cool to see him, like, just cut through people. Uh, similar to Darth Vader's scene in Rogue One, it kind of felt just like an unstoppable force that was just coming through. So that, that was a lot of fun. And also, R2 showing up at the end, it looked like him and Grogu had met before, maybe, at the temp. I, I don't know, at the temple with, like, Anakin, maybe? Because Anakin had R2 in the prequels. And... and Grogu had been there for a number of years before, so I don't know. Maybe they knew each other or something, but possibly. Or he's just good with, good with kids. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I got more giddy when R two showed up than when Luke showed up. Really? Yeah, it's but I mean, I got really giddy when Luke showed up. Obviously, but when R two showed up, I was like, "Yes." The CGI looked great too on Luke. Honestly, uh, there's was... really you didn't like it. So. Uh, so before, so I, I loved season two overall, but let me just get my criticisms out of the way. Mm-hmm. I thought that the CGI, maybe it's because I was watching this on my laptop, but the CGI looked pretty bad. Like, it did really? not look convincing to me at all, the CGI on Luke. I thought it was great. Uh, or, I mean, I'm not a very good judge, I guess, but I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. I, I mean, think, it was... I think it was- it was better than Carrie Fisher in Rogue One, I think. Yes, it was definitely better than Carrie Fisher and um, the—I forget his the character's name Mar- in Rogue Mark One. Mark Hamill? No, not Mark Hamill. Um, the 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 bad guy from A New Hope showed up. Oh, um, Grandmaster or Grand Admiral Tarkin? Yes, Admiral yes, Tarkin. Moff Tarkin, Moff Tarkin, yes. Yeah, I, I, I think that the CGI and Luke look better than Tarkin and Leia, for sure. I, I, I thought Tarkin fun. looked pretty good. Luke, I thought, was... Luke is different, because, like, in the other two scenes, it was... They were stationary for the majority of it. And then Luke was actually, like, moving and, like, talking. And it was, I thought it was a lot more interactive. A, a much bigger challenge 
of, of CGI for Luke in this one. I, I thought they did pretty well with it. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think, it's definitely, it's not like the worst CGI I've ever seen. It just, I, it just wasn't as convincing to me as it was to others, but it was still cool, really cool seeing Luke. As for other criticisms I have, I thought that episodes two with the frog lady and four with Carl Weathers were just okay. Mm-hmm. But honestly, those are really my only criticisms. Yeah, like episodes two and four were just okay. CGI and Luke didn't look that great to me. Everything else was basically like amazing. Hmm. Like Bo yeah, I mean coming back, Ahsoka coming back. Luke, like, oh man, hey, Bill, Bill Burr coming back. Bill Burr was awesome. So honestly, I think he has one of the best moments of the season. I think. Right. Yeah. So honestly, I thought that Bill Burr's acting in the first season was pretty bad. So when they said that he was coming back in the second season, I was like, oh no. But then. I was pleasantly surprised by that scene, like you just said, with uh, Bill Burr and the Superior. And Bill Burr, I think Bill Burr definitely took some acting classes in between filming the first season and the second season, because he was actually really good. Like, I, know, could- I know he's active in other roles. I, I can't, I, I talked to you previously about um, that one movie he was in with Hugh Jackman where he played a reporter. So I know he's active in other roles, but right. yeah, I mean, big, big improvement from season to season. Yeah, yeah, like, like I honestly wouldn't be opposed to him getting nominated for an Emmy for, like, Best Guest Actor in a Drama Series. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, because, yeah. like, that's how much Bill Burr impressed me this season. Honestly, yeah, because it, for me, it added, like, another dimension to clones, or, I guess, the Empire, like, troops, similar to Finn in the new movies, where, like, you don't, re- you kind of just think of, like, cl- or Stormtroopers as, like, big old blundering fools who can't shoot or hit anything when like really they i guess they're some of them are like taken from their home as slaves and like like they don't agree with what the empire is doing but they have no choice and like and it had an effect on him for years after he was gone so it and he was kind of like almost like bullied or shamed by other friends or acquaintances for even having a part in the empire right we don't even know if he had a choice for it Right. So it's something something that carried with him, obviously. Yeah, and the fact that all that was conveyed in just one scene with Bill mm-hmm. Burr of all people, that that that's pretty incredible. Moments like that, like Star Wars, like Star Wars has actually been like really if you don't count the movies at all, Star Wars media has actually never been this like good and like thought provoking. Like Clone yeah. Wars, Final Season, Mandalorian, the uh, Jedi Fallen Order game. If you don't count the movies, Star Wars media has actually been really exceptional. I didn't mind Solo. I think Solo got some pretty bad reviews, but like Solo, Rogue One, and pretty much all of Mandalorian and the last season of uh, Clone Wars that came out, it's like, yeah, honestly, like best thing since. The original trilogy, in my opinion. So, uh, so me personally, I, I don't know. Like Solo and Rogue One were just eh to me. But then, on and I know a lot of people hate Last Jedi. I am not one of those people. But I, I think I do think that overall Disney 
Di- Disney definitely messed up with their sequel trilogy, but now they're starting to like figure things out and improve and mm-hmm. and take a much better direction in terms of Star Wars with entrusting John Favreau and Dave Filoni with you know all these uh, new shows like the Ahsoka show. I feel like they're kind of. We'll, we'll see what they do with the new shows, but especially in Mandalorian, I think they're using it to almost as like a patch-up job for like how incoherent a whole uh, the new the new trilogy was. Similar to like how the Clone Wars was used to kind of fill in the holes and show Anakin's gradual decline rather than just like the immediate like, oh, Padme's going to die, I'm going to turn to the dark side now. And in the prequels, so it's good. it's good. I like it's definitely gonna make the new three movies look a lot better. Speaking of the new movies, though, like Grogu going with Luke is actually kind of sad because oh yeah, yep, yep. Because like because of what happened in Last Jedi, like you know, with because of what Luke uh, did to Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren, Luke said that Kylo Ren destroyed the Jedi temple that Luke mm-hmm. built and, and killed all the students. And one of the students was probably Grogu. So that's, I thought about that also. I was like, dang, did they, Disney just say Kylo Ren killed Baby Yoda? They also foreshadow that Mando will see uh, him again. So like, I'm wondering if maybe he takes him at some point or something. I don't know. If, if it doesn't work out with Luke, or, I don't know. It's just maybe just wishful thinking. I mean, I don't. I mean, I I really don't know like what the future holds for Star Wars at this point, which is a good thing because yeah, on, honestly, like many of the moments in Rise of Skywalker were so like predictable to me, and, and like disappointingly predictable. So the fact that I genuinely don't know what the future holds for the a Star Wars, specifically with Mandalorian, it excites me. It, it's get it's getting me to uh, pay 70 more dollars for a y- another year of Disney Plus just mm-hmm. so I can see what's coming up next. I, I'm really looking forward to like the future Star Wars and many of their new shows that they announced, I'm really looking forward to, like The Bad Batch and Obi-Wan. I will say I'm cautiously optimistic about all that stuff. I'm a little worried about oversaturation and just like a decline in quality. That's true. But I'm hoping they can pull it off. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, there definitely is a chance that they're gonna they're do giving us too much content, but but what they've given us so far, at least in terms of what's been on Disney Plus, has not disappointed me really. And uh, some something else that when uh, oh, what's it called? When Ahsoka and Boba Fett. So I was skeptical when they said that uh, Boba Fett. Well, I was always excited for Ahsoka coming back because um, mm-hmm. to me that made sense. But to me, bringing back Boba Fett didn't make a lot of sense. But then when they, how they brought him back in season two and his awesome, awesome just slaughtering of all those clones in episode six, in episode six of season two, like without the armor and with the armor, he's a badass. Yeah, I really liked how they handled. Uh, Boba Fett and action scenes were awesome, but also just in dialogue with Mando and Bo-Katan, especially in that last episode, was awesome because you could see her like he's not really a Mandalorian, but his dad was, and 
it, it was really cool to see like the fight between Bo-Katan and I don't know the other girl's name, but just the, the back and forth. I really liked that as well. I really like that that there's actually that there's like actual like tensions between mm-hmm. the main characters. Like there's actual like inner conflicts as well as external conflicts that they have to deal with. It, it feels like natural to me, whereas the inner conflicts in like the sequel trilogy didn't feel felt forced, right? And especially now with uh, Bo-Katan and Mando, like he's the ruler of Mandalore now. Jeez, honestly, like Bo-Katan, just just take it. He's willingly giving up the dark saber. Like I get that. There's yeah, like he's tradition. not gonna. Yeah. I guess it's not going to fight you. Yeah, yeah. Like, he doesn't want to fight. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about keeping a Darksaber. All he wanted was to rescue the kid. Like, just take it. Like, Bo-Katan, I get that there's tradition and stuff, but but, but, but that is, I think that is going to be a big focus on, like, season three is Bo-Katan mm. might actually attempt to kill Mando over the Darksaber. I feel like he, I feel like that, probably gonna happen but like at the same time if he can take off his helmet can he just look the other way and just take the dark saber for once like they're both pretty equal traditions i'd say like that they value i i love how they handled him taking off his helmet in the second season like like there was like there was real like emotional weight behind it like in the first season it was cool to see his face but honestly, like, if that moment hadn't happened in the first season, I would have been, like, okay with it being, like, left out or whatever. But mm-hmm. in the second season, like, he's actively, like, choosing to basically give up this lifestyle, this belief system that he's believed in and lived, like, for his entire life, basically, his entire adult life. He's willingly giving up something that he's been doing for years just for this little green guy that he's grown to really care about. I saw a pretty interesting article about um, episode six with his scene with Bill Burr of like when he takes his helmet off. I don't know if it's true or not, but they observed it. When when you have your helmet on, you don't have peripheral vision. So you're turning with your whole body to look around in the room. And so when he took it off, he had peripheral vision, but he, he doesn't use it. So like when he's looking at Bill Burr, or the uh, Imperial officer, he's, like, turning with his full body, which I thought was, like, an interesting, like, acting nugget, or, like, like just really detailed. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's something that I noticed as well. And I, I think, like, little details like that that I think is really cool. And uh, in the same episode, actually, in Episode 7, when Bilber and Mando are driving the Rhydonium to the uh, Secret Empire base... Uh, when Mando is fighting all those pirates, he's he he you know he, because he usually wears the Beskar armor, he's he usually gets shot. You know he can he can mm. absorb like gun blasts and uh, all that and blunt objects and all that stuff because the Beskar armor is so strong. But when he tries to absorb those shots while fighting the pirates, he's not wearing the Beskar armor. He's wearing Empire armor, and so it actually hurts him. And I really like subtle details like that. Yeah, seeing the vulnerability. Also in that scene, he's fighting with spears, which uh, foreshadowed his fight with uh, Moth Gideon, showing that he was good with a spear. 
I, I really liked, I saw like a couple people online say like that fight was too quick, but honestly, like I liked how quick it was. Like I liked that up until this point, Moff Gideon has been like so like very like intimidating, but in a talky way. But when it actually comes to combat, he kind of sucks. Yeah, I think he was more so just had the dark saber just to like say that he had it almost to, like yeah. brag to Bo Katan, like just to show shove it in her face he's a yeah. pretty old guy he's not like he's not really a warrior in his prime anymore exactly yeah exactly yeah moth gideon is a lot more like talk than show and i i think that that works really well like a lot of people are i i saw some people online that were a bit disappointed in that but and that the fight between mando and moth wasn't like longer but i don't know i really liked how like brief it was and how easily mando was able to defeat moth mm -hmm. especially after he had the jump on him in the beginning he had to, like and, he had to like use his like his brain pretty much to get an edge over mando right right and uh kind of changing the subject it's it's mm -hmm. funny we we've, we've talked about this uh previously just casually I told you that my least favorite episode uh, of the season one was the episode with uh, Mando, uh, Fennec, and uh, when we're introduced to Fennec and the young bounty hunter. That was the episode mm -hmm. directed by Dave Filoni, and that was my least favorite. When he was announced as, I think Dave Filoni is a great writer, but when it comes to directing, I think that he... I initially thought that he had uh, a lot of like war a lot of you know growing up to do. Well, he grew up because he directed my favorite episode of season two, which is the Ahsoka one. Yeah, that was really that was really cool. The opening of the episode was awesome. I thought we were gonna have to like wait, like I don't know, like twenty minutes into the episode to see where Ahsoka was, but nope, she was just tearing into people right off the start. Yeah, yeah, that was so awesome. Just right away, you see Ahsoka with the dual white lightsabers and yep. her in the mist and her just completely, like, being awesome. And, oh, that was so awesome. That was so awesome. That's probably my favorite. Uh, yeah, that is my favorite episode of season two was the one with Ahsoka. And I'm actually really looking forward now to seeing the Ahsoka show because Rosario Dawson did a great job. Yeah, she did. I, I, yeah, I'll, I'm wondering if that whole show is going to just be revolving around finding Ezra or not, I don't, or it's, if it's going to be like more rebels oriented, or if she'll like show up again in the Mandalorian. I don't think that she'll show up again in the Mandalorian, and I really hate Ezra, so I really <laughs> hope that Ahsoka is not about. It does not bring him back. So that let, what she just wanted to fight Grand Admiral Thrawn, uh, Thrawn. Yeah, I literally want the Ahsoka to just be about her against Thrawn, and don't bring back anyone else from Rebels. Don't bring back the stupid Sabine. Don't bring back that <laughs> older guy. Don't bring back the the Green Lady in Rebels is actually kind of cool, but I don't really want her back either. Uh, definitely not Ezra. Definitely not that stupid chopper droid. Just Ahsoka and Thrawn. <laughs> yeah i mean honestly I'll, I'll watch whatever it is because i just love ahsoka so man i i wonder who's going to like write and direct it though because i know that john favreau and dave filoni are executive producers 
on the Ahsoka show, but are they actually going to be involved in like the writing and directing process? I feel like Filoni will be at least because Ahsoka is like his baby, you know, like he created her with George Lucas and just like wrote her arc for years and years and years and brought her back and was the one to bring her back. So I don't know. I think, I think he should. He obviously cares about her as a character. It's amazing. It's amazing how Ahsoka was so hated when she was first introduced, but now she's like, like everybody's like favorite from Clone Wars. Like she's literally like in my top 10 favorite Star Wars characters of all time. Yeah, for sure. For me too. But um, but but also cool was uh, I I thought that the uh, first episode with the giant worm and Cobb Vance and I really like when we see the entirety of the worm the aspect ratio it go the whole show is shot in like widescreen so you see the black bars on top and bottom but when they show the giant worm like come fully emerge out from the sand yeah. it goes from widescreen to full screen and those black bars disappear and I I don't know like me as a kind of film nerd and someone who is really pays attention that kind of stuff and someone who's going into filmmaking like i don't know little stuff like that i thought was cool see yeah i thought episode one it was it was fun but like i don't know nothing really happened (laughs) like you got a hint at boba fett right and that was it yeah yeah like like basically all that happened in episode one was that mando got boba fett's armor and then we saw Boba Fett at the end that's fine. I really don't mind the filler episodes that much. Like, I think they get a lot of hate, but they're still fun episodes, and that's all that Star Wars is really about. The filler episodes from season one were some of my favorite episodes. From- Not the Bill Burr one, though. <laughs> the Bill Burr one was is probably is my second least favorite from season one. Yeah, I did but- not like that one either. But the Bill Burr one in season two, like, it's such an increase in quality. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, like, his, in terms of just his acting, in terms of, like, the, uh, how his character develops, like, it's such an increase in quality. Like, we've only seen this guy twice, but then the second time we see him, it's a, like a, it was a complete 180 in terms of how I view him. Like, in the first season, uh, I, really didn't like or care about that character or his acting but then in season two i was like i actually kind of want to see him again in like season three or something like that yeah season three maybe i i, I was actually thinking about this earlier i i don't want him to come back in season three because we like him now so i kind of want him to come back in season four so it's a longer wait and like we're like oh he's back we're ha- and we're actually like happy to see him or if we never see him again i'm fine with that either too. I understand that. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. So one thing that uh, I else that uh, I really liked about season two. So I a lot of people. So yeah, this is a criticism that uh, was is addressed towards both seasons. In is that one a criticism is that the episodes are too short, and that is a criticism I agree with for the first season like i think that the, in the first season uh, many of the episodes are only like 30 to 40 minutes each and i think that they could have been longer but in the second season the pacing felt right to me 
Like I, I don't I don't like I don't know I can't really explain why. It just the second season to me felt like it had much better pacing and maybe that's because that there was more focus put on like the actual like story and the lore, but I don't know. To me, yeah, I agree that the pacing was a bit too fast in the first season. But in the second season, it just like a lot of people criticized the sixth episode with uh, Boba Fett and Fennec for being only like 33 minutes long, but I liked how short it was. Yeah, I mean, as long as they're just quality episodes and there's not like, like, you don't need to shove scenes in there just to reach a minute mark. I'll be curious, I'm curious to see how long the episodes will be in season three, though, if they're going to be longer, shorter, or the same. But uh, season two, I liked the length of the episodes. They were usually like 46 minutes, 43 minutes, around something, somewhere around that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, like to me, the majority of the episodes in season two were the perfect length. The only, the only episode in season two where the pacing was off to me was the Frog Lady episode. To me, the Frog Lady episode uh, dragged a bit. And also, I really don't like Amy Sedaris's character, that crazy haired lady character. I really don't. I really. Oh uh, yeah, with the with the droids on Tatooine. Yeah. yeah, she's kind of all in there, up in your face, high pitched voice. Oh my god, calm down. I, I think. Like... I think the actress Amy Sedaris is better. Is you know, uh, better in other stuff, especially BoJack Horseman. She is fantastic in BoJack Horseman, but her acting in Mandalorian was not good. She should ask Bill Burr for some help of improving from season to season. Well, I think that there are better actors on the show than Bill Burr. <laughs> but, um, not her, not her, though. But honestly, like, the, 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 the so... I mentioned earlier that the second episode of season two was one of the was one of my least favorite, and also like episode four, the which honestly it disappointed me. Not that episode wasn't bad, but it was just okay to me, and that disappointed me because I was looking forward to seeing Carl Weathers direct actually, and not only was he not only was that the only episode with him in it, but he directed that one as well, and. I was kind of looking forward to seeing him, you know, what he could do direction-wise, but honestly, it wasn't anything spectacular. Really? You know, I, I liked his episode. He, it was, I think it was the most, one of the most action-packed episodes, uh, other than the random crew casting member or whatever that guy was with the khakis on. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Oh, are you talking about the blue guy? Yeah. Honestly, no, no. I thought, honestly, I thought it was just yeah. I thought it was kind of weird they brought him back, but whatever. No, no, the um, the the guy on set like who made it into the scene, the blooper. Oh, 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 yeah. I honestly stuff like that I rarely notice unless I read articles about it. I thought he did fine. It was alright. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, not, I, it, it's a decent episode. It's just not one of the better ones. Yeah. Yeah. Like, compare that episode, compare that episode to the Ahsoka episode, or the Luke episode, or the episode. That's what sucks about this uh, show for, like, they have, like, different directors for every episode, 
And I feel like a lot of directors sometimes get like the short end of the stick because like they don't have Luke coming in or Ahsoka coming in. They just kind of have like a filler episode and have to like do what they can with the script or what, and then it's that episode gets compared to all these other great episodes. So they 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 do they do their best. Yeah. Uh, something else that this isn't necessarily a criticism, but I wish that we saw a little bit more of the dark troopers. Yeah, I I knew as soon as he like sucked them out into space, they were definitely coming back. What well, we saw him take Rogu, and then I, the fight with Mando was pretty intense. I thought it was pretty funny that his uh, helmet wouldn't cave in, but I kind of thought there was gonna be like a. Thanos, Captain America thing, where, like, the best car actually breaks, you know? Like, Captain America's shield actually breaks. Like, there might be, like, a dent, like, uh, like in Boba, Boba Fett's helmet. I thought that would have been really cool. I, I liked the fight between Mando and that one Dark Trooper, but that would have been added an extra layer of, like, dread and fear for Mando's character if the Dark uh, Trooper was actually able to break the best car. That would like, Maybe, like a, like, a little dent, you know, how, like, Boba Fett has... In his, or he did in his top, the top of his helmet. It would have been know, cool to see. They, and I have a theory for the dent. I think that Boba Fett's uh, dent comes from the Sarlacc pit. Oh, maybe, yeah. I, that's my but, theory. Yeah, I mean, it could be a bunch of different things. I and I think it would have been cool to see like the mark on his helmet, like throughout season three or something, like just to show that, like he's. He's vulnerable at times. Well, I don't think he's. I don't think he's gonna be in season three because of that. Uh, no, no, I mean, um, for Mando. Oh, but that uh, post-credit scene though was pretty cool though for Boba Fett. Oh, I didn't see it. I just, I stopped watching. Oh, dude! All right, all right. You gotta rewatch the finale mm-hmm. and watch through the credits there's a post credit scene involving oh man all right yeah i, I want to do that like right now but I'll, I'll wait but yeah no after after we record this definitely definitely wa- uh, definitely watch the post credit scene it it basically it's basically a trailer for the boba fett show coming out okay cool and and honestly like i really like how abruptly the finale ends though like with like it ends with uh luke uh saying goodbye to you know i mean not sorry not luke um mando saying goodbye to grogu taking off the helmets luke taking grogu and then right before the credits roll it ends with the door Mm -hmm. shutting uh luke grogu and uh, r2 and I i saw some comments online that were like oh i want to see a little bit more with like Moff Gideon and Bo-Katan versus Mando, but I liked how abruptly it ended. Yeah, I wonder if uh, season three will start, like, right there on the ship, with, like, all of them just kind of sitting there in the aftermath, or I don't know how that'll happen. I really hope. Yeah, I didn't didn't show Boba Fett coming back. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good, yeah. I don't think that Boba Fett's gonna show up again in all in Mandalorian, Dude, I think Bo-Katan takes the cruiser to Mandalore. Like, she just, she's going to take the entire ship. We're definitely, cru- we're definitely going to have 
be on Mandalore at some point. I mean, obviously, the show is called The Mandalorian, so we have to be a Mandalore at some point in the whole series run. I mean, that's got to be the plot line, right? Like, him and Bo-Katan, mostly, because he got nothing else to do. Like, why would he go back to being a bounty hunter? Exactly. When he just got paid a bunch of money for bringing in Moff Gideon. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that they're going to go back to Mandalore in season three kind of like Which, how in season three of the cobra kai show they're going back to like okinawa i don't know if mm-hmm. you've seen any of the karate kid movies or cobra kai or anything like that that's what i'm referencing no yeah i i, I know the reference i haven't, I haven't watched cobra kai mm-hmm. but fun it's, fact it wasn't filmed in okinawa it was in hawaii hmm. well i mean yeah, i mean yeah they rarely do they film yeah stuff where it actually it takes place in the story but um yeah like i mean obviously that's a case with star wars i mean as impressive as it would be for them to actually film in space it's not very <laughs> yeah or go to another planet yeah oh man oh man can you imagine though <laughs> like, can you imagine if they actually were able to film on like, hey, planets a thousand years from now you think film travels to different planets that'd be kind of cool that would be really cool overall i'm really I really enjoyed season two a lot, and I'm really looking forward to season three. I really don't have much idea as to what's going to happen. I have my theories, but I like not knowing what's going to mm-hmm. happen next. Like, I really like not know. I really like the, the suspense, the surprise, and uh, there, there were a lot of really great surprises in Mandalorian season two and season three is hopefully going to be another really great season. Yeah, it's looking bright. I'm excited. Definitely going to watch that. Do you know when it comes out? Or I have think, they announced it? I think it comes, season three comes out 2022. I, I know they started shooting it. Yeah, already. yeah, yeah. Like, they started production on it, like, immediately after they finished season two, so. Well, actually, no, they didn't, because oh, they, they wrapped shooting of season two in late february and because of covid stuff starts shutting down uh, in march okay. so uh they took a break from filming and were john favreau said that after shooting season two they wrapped production in late february they were planning on taking a two-week break and then moving right into shooting season three in march but then due to covid that didn't happen gotcha so uh you know and so they resumed shooting season three i think in last month november Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So well, like, I'm excited for it. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to it too. And uh, yeah, I think it, season three will come out like early 2022. And uh, uh, oh, let me ask you uh, if you had to rate the rate season two, like out of like 10 out of 10 or like out of five stars, uh, whichever you want to pick, what would you give? Um, season. Okay. So. Just for comparison, I think I'd say season one is a 7.7, and season two, I think, would be, like, an 8.6. Okay. What about you? What about you? So, for me, see, so for me, season one would be a 9, uh, like, a 9 out of, a 9.1 out of 10. And season two would be a 9.3. Okay. I, I, yeah, okay. 
I really love this show, man. I really, really like this show a lot. And I, I think that if they keep going down the this path that they're going down, then it's just going to get better from here. And uh, yeah, I, 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 it feels good to be a Star Wars fan again because yeah, you're not like, ashamed of it. Be, yeah, like like you can't like you don't you uh, what's it called? Because almost everybody loves Mandalorian, and sometimes I like having civil discussions with people who I disagree with, but it feels good to agree on as a star as a star wars fan in the star wars community it feels good to agree for once on something it feels like a community instead yeah. of exactly everyone like, fighting no longer are we arguing about luke's supposedly terrible arc in the last jedi yeah. or how stupid the palpatine reveal was by skywalker now we're all like grogu is so cute and ahsoka was so badass and Grog and Emperor Palpatine is part Grogu. Wait, Dude, that's I'm, that, did you know, that line with Moth Gideon when he said his blood will lead to order? Oh, um, he's saying his blood will lead to basically just regenerating the Emperor. However, they, they did that. Right, right. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I forgot about that line for a second. But um. um but yeah, I'm a, yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to say about uh, season two, just in general? Not off the top of my head, no. For so for me, this is I'm really nitpicking here. This doesn't ruin my enjoyment of the season overall. Like as you know, I gave it like a nine, mm -hmm. but out of ten. But one other another thing that kind of bothered me about season two was. Some of the quote unquote curse words like like dank ferric, son of a no. <laughs> or scrub war scrubber or more whatever, like mm -hmm. lines like that. It just kind of it just feels a bit. I get that Star Wars is full of like fictional characters, and there's literally a character, a creature in Star Wars called a jizz whaler, but that just that just seemed a bit much to me. I think it's just part of the world building, I guess, that they're using. But yeah. Like, I never really picked up on it. Like, with Star Wars, you kind of just got to take the bad with the good. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. I do think that there is a lot more good over bad, not just in Mandalorian, but in Star Wars in general. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really like how Clone Wars and Mandalorian essentially have really fleshed out like the prequels and uh it really improved on a lot of stuff that were initially criticized and so yeah. yeah this is when you think about it this is the second time dave filoni has saved the star wars trilogy it wasn't just dave <laughs> filoni it was john favreau as well uh yeah but he he did clone wars saved the prequels now he did Mandalorian with Dave Filoni and saved the sequels. You know, John Favreau voiced a character in the Clone Wars. Oh, really? He 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 provided the voice for Mandalore Mandalore terrorist Kree Vizsla. Oh, gotcha! I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. John cool. Favreau provided the voice for that character that Darth Maul ends up executing in like season <laughs> five or six of Clone Wars. Cool. But but man, like. 
One last thing I want to say is that a lot of people were annoyed with Ahsoka for not willing to train Grogu, but honestly, her reasons for not wanting to train him were completely valid, in my opinion. Yeah, she kind of... I, I, I think it was more so fans wanted her to train him out of, like, fan service. But, like, I don't know, seeing your master turn into what he was doesn't really motivate you to bring in a child into that kind of life and the possibility of him turning bad or of him getting hurt by other people or manipulated. Right, right, yeah. I thought I would have a lot more to say about Mandalorian. I mean, I I already said a lot about Mandalorian Season 2, but I thought I'd have more to say. But So I guess I'll just conclude by saying that I, yeah, I really loved this season a lot. It's like, it, it's definitely in my, like, favorite, like, shows of 2020, along with the uh, the Queen's Gambit and The Last Dance. I, I feel, feel, again, it feels really good to be a Star Wars fan again. And I, I really, I do really hope that we'll see Grogu again, but I don't think, we're not, we're definitely not going to get, like, multiple episodes with him i think he right. can have like a cameo or some or a brief appearance in season three or whatever well thanks for having me on i appreciate yeah. the talk yeah yeah thank you for being on the podcast hopefully i'll have you on the podcast again yeah season three <laughs> yeah sure yeah that'd be really awesome yeah and uh, all of you out there, uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of my podcast, Podcast Racing. I'm not going to be releasing any more episodes for a while. Uh, you will see me again, though, in uh, mid-February. So uh, look forward to that. Uh, may the Force be with you all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you again for listening. And I hope that all of you uh, stay safe and uh, have a good night. Bye.